As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know what time it is? Yeah, you do, don't you? You tuned in. Sports Yak, the podcast, Corey Mann, Chuck Freebie in South Bend. That's in Indiana. That's in America. Sports Yak, powered by Big and Tall Outlet on South Casopla Street in Elkhart. Download the Sports Yak podcast anywhere and everywhere. Sports Yak, the podcast. This is Jimmy Shorts. I'm not gone. Safe Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is trying to form the world's first podcaster Viking utopia, it's Sif Pop. You're one down. <laughs> right? Yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Skull. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my stellar and stylish co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, man? Good. I'm on video. You know, we should mention that right off the bat. We won't mention it a lot once we're doing like a live video thing um, because it'll just be part of what we do. But yeah. we are testing out live video this week. So here's what I'm going to recommend you do if you're listening to this podcast. And you didn't know that Sif Pop had a YouTube channel. Go subscribe to the Sif Pop YouTube channel because that's where this live video is going to be heading. Uh, after the live video is done, uh, recording of the podcast, we'll probably also kind of edit it down and leave it there, you know, as kind of video of what happened in the podcast. So, yeah, check out the Sif Pop YouTube. Uh, lots of fun stuff's going to be happening there. The five things reviews that I do are going to land on the Sif Pop YouTube channel now. Nice. So those are going to be there. And uh, we're even accepting um, proposals for other content 
on the YouTube channel. So if you've got video content that you want to do, um, just let us know and we'll kind of take that into consideration. So of course, any of that, you can email us feedback at sifpop.com for that stuff. So yeah, we're on video right now. Yeah. Doing an audio podcast. Yeah. But if you want to see it's it, an audio video podcast, maybe now. head to, uh, head to the Sif pop YouTube and you can check it out. Um, we should say though, nothing is changing as far as the audio podcast being correct. It's still going to be, you know, sent out the exact same way and everything, but that is correct. Just so people don't get confused. That's a great point. I should also mention, we probably won't do this again till the middle of May. Oh yeah. Um, so, so that's when we're thinking of launching a weekly video live look into what goes on. Um, so, but we did want to test it out and kind of see how it works. And fingers crossed, seems to be working really well. Yeah. So uh, very, very excited. This is a wood table, so that works. That works nicely. <laughs> yeah. Very excited to uh, to see where that goes. So again, subscribe to the Sif Pop YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com/slash Sif Pop. That should take you right there. Uh, before we get into the full show. Um, the Oscars are tomorrow as we're recording this. Yes, they are. Are you ready? I'm getting there. How do you feel the Oscars is going to go? Poorly. <laughs> oh, it's going to go so bad, and I cannot uh, wait. I'm so You ready ex- for the train wreck? I want to watch the train wreck, because on your recommendation, I watched the Rob Lowe Snow White. Yes! It is so cringy. Right? Oh, it put a smile on my face. <laughs> it was so bad. Um, and that was the last time there was no host. Yeah. And that's what happens when you leave it up to the producers to try to figure out what's fun and cool and interesting. Do you think they're going to try and do something like that again? Like kind of a meta, no. like actually have a Snow White character out there or something that like that? That would be hilarious. Yeah. But no, uh, they've already announced the opening is Queen. So Queen's going to perform for the opening of the Oscars and then they'll go into the awards and that kind of stuff. So. So they're they're avoiding it just by putting you know the most popular band in the history of mankind. Well, the Beatles, Beatles might have say, something to say about that. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's not a band, right? Elvis isn't a band. He's yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyways, by putting a very popular band up front, I think they're trying to gather a lot of goodwill. Yeah. Before the whole thing starts, um, I'm ready. I'm excited. I always love the Oscars. Uh, I obviously have made a ton of horrible choices this year, but I do enjoy. Uh, the ceremony and seeing who's going to win the awards. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't got your Sif Pop Oscar picks in and you're somehow hearing this or I guess seeing this <laughs> before the Oscars happen, uh, make sure you get those picks in. Go to SifPop.com and click on Oscar contest. You will have hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. From the time you um, as long as you this. get them in before I think I said 5 p.m. Central Time, yeah, um, before the show actually starts, I'm fine with that. So just go to sifpop.com uh, and then click on where it says Oscar Contest, and you will be able to check that out. So um, appreciate that. We're already over 100 participants again. We had 110 last year, 115. Yeah. So we should probably be right around that again this year. The the prize, as always, is you get to say something on Sifpop. You know, we'll we'll read whatever you want to say within reason. Uh, on the podcast. So uh, that's the other thing we should mention. If you hear laughter in the background, that's not us. Oh, yeah. Producer Phil is in Producer the room. Hey, everybody. Uh, if you've listened to Horrible Movie Podcast, Producer Phil is on that podcast uh, occasionally, kind of doing the same thing he's going to be doing for us starting here soon, 
which is producing the show in-house. And uh, so if he has something to chime in with, he's always welcome to get our attention and say, hey. But more than I, that. I may not just... talk very much just because I'm using 90% of my brain power on this iPad right now. Right, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we, you know, we love it. But it's we also... looking good. But you've also you've also heard producer Phil on the Sif Pop podcast before. He yeah. has been a guest on the podcast. So that is uh, he, the fact that he's going to be in the room with us is pretty exciting. So very, yeah. very exciting. Stuff. The last episode I was on, I think, I believe was Power Rangers. Nice. Yeah. Go, go Power Rangers. <laughs> Well, Very cool. Krispy Kremes presents Power Rangers, <laughs> right, yes. if I remember correctly. I, I believe that is the correct uh, nomenclature for that movie. All right, we're going to have a blast, uh, as we do every week with Sift Pop. Uh, we'll have our buried treasure at the end. We've got a really fun Sift Quest, interesting Sift Quest on world building and sequels and kind of our expectations about that kind of stuff. Uh, we're doing a best ever challenge that is best ever trilogies, and I'm interested to hear, because there are some obvious ones uh, that obviously we have to talk about, but there are also some unobvious ones that I think you you and I will probably bring up. So yeah, I mean, exce- oh, I got a lot of honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably have more than I do, actually. Uh, uh eight total. Oh including yeah, I the, think uh, I have four. Oh, so um, not eight honorable mentions, eight total. So oh, I guess total. I guess five honorable mentions. Okay. So. You know, we need to start doing top five on best ever challenge. I think could you could you do top five today on this one? Like yeah. rank the five. Okay, let's do top five. Whoa, first th- you're throwing video at me. <laughs> now, I don't know. That just is we can it's do not that, the same right? podcast anymore. <laughs> we can, we can, you know, and one other thing that's c- cool that's going to start going on at the website is Best Ever Challenge is going to be a weekly article at the sifpop.com website now where our different gurus send in their choice in the Best Ever Challenge and write a little paragraph about it. So mm. that's going to be kind of fun. We'll enjoy doing that with the different gurus who show up here on the show occasionally. There's so many exciting things heading our it, way. Man. I love it. 2019 is going to be a lot of fun here at Sif Pop, and we're, we're yeah. glad you're joining us for it. Um, okay, so uh, I was just kind of running through the show, wasn't I? You so were. we've got that best ever challenge. We're going to review this week how to train your dragon. Uh, I always get the the subtitle wrong. The fallen, no, the hidden, the hidden world of amazingness. Yes. No, just the hidden world, right? Yeah. Uh, I always want to call it Fallen Kingdom because of Jurassic World, <laughs> because it's hidden world. I don't know. Anyways, my brain does weird things, but I think it's actually... How uh, to Train Your Dragon 3. <laughs> yes, How to Train Your Dragon, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Uh, I think it's the official title. Uh, so anyways, we're going to be doing all that, but of course we're going to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one! The Breaking Bad movie will make its debut on Netflix before heading to AMC. Yeah, I definitely care about that. I, I Listen, I have said this, and it's going to... I'll go ahead and spoil it right now. It's going to continue this week. You might as well call my buried treasure Netflix treasure at this point. Yeah. I am on that service so much, and they are releasing so much. Um, it's just... I think it's great. You know, it's, some, it's just something I'm already subscribed to, and it just pops up. That's wonderful. I know, because normally, you know, when you think about going to a movie, it costs you eight bucks. Yeah. You know? We're paying $8 a month for a movie being released pretty much every day. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's not on top of their Ho- or Netflix originals and the shows that they just stream and the movies mm-hmm. they just stream. So, people are getting their money's worth with Netflix. I, I, I'm I excited to see it. Um, You know, talking about the actual content of it, I think it's focused on Jesse, right? It's the yeah. idea that this is what happened to Jesse after the fact or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Which, I, he I'm went through excited. some stuff. 
I, you know, I would be more nervous if I didn't love Better Call Saul so much. You know what I mean? Like if they had kind of bumbled Better Call Saul and you, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Like I just trust them like, because Better Call Saul is a weird idea to take that character, and make a full show about it. It's like, can you really do that? I mean, I love Breaking Bad, but this is a stretch. Yeah. And I watch Better Call Saul, and I may like Better Call Saul more than Breaking Bad at this point. They're it's, different shows. They're very different shows, but they're also both really, really good. Yeah. So, um, I listen. If it's if it's Vince Vince Gilligan and the crew, I'm I'm sold. I'm on board, man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he he's definitely earned pretty much blind trust at this point. Right. You know. So. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Chris Hemsworth will be doing a biopic of Terry Bollea. <laughs> don't know who that is. I do know who that is. All right. Well, if you don't know who that is, that means Chris Hemsworth is going to be doing a biopic of Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Now, you're you're the wrestling guy of the two of us. I'm the Hulk Hogan guy. Okay, so tell me how excited you are about this. I am beyond stoked. Hulk Hogan was my childhood. So what is it going to is it going to be like a cuz biopics are always very are tend to be a little dark, a little go into the the corners of the person's life. Like, is this just going to be about Hulk Hogan the Amazing, or is this going to be here's Hulk Hogan's whole story up until today? So, from what I've read, it's uh, Todd Phillips directing. Yeah, which is also really interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's done some. He's he's shown range, I guess you could say. Sure, sure. He, uh, Joker's coming out later this year, but from what I understand, this movie is going to be how he took this character and made it the most iconic figure of the 90s and mm. 80s. So it's really going to so be... So it's not going to cover... It's not going to cover okay. like the, the whole life of Terry. It's going to be how he became the most famous person. Right. Yeah. Which, okay, can I say this? I love Hulk Hogan. Love him. He was my childhood. Yes, he's done some things that, you know, we, we should not... <laughs> But Chris Hemsworth playing him is doing the man some major justice because yeah. Chris Hemsworth is so good looking. Like <laughs> to have, what, I've said before, could, he's the most attractive man I've ever seen in person. Probably, I mean, it and was, I haven't it was seen insane. him in person. But, I was like, God crafted this man as an example of what he can do. Yeah, you know? he's the Adonis of our age. It's true. So, what is this going to do for? Uh, Terry's ego to whenever he says, "Yeah, that guy looks like me," you know. <laughs> yeah, I look like I look I like. Oh, so Chris Hemsworth has played Thor or Thor, and now it's <laughs> totally different thing. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth has played Thor, and now he's going to play the Hulk. Yeah. Hi. Hey, yeah. How about that? He's That's... just going to make us. There's actually a really fascinating. Maybe they'll even put this in the movie where. Hulk Hogan had to sign off to get the rights to actually call himself Hulk from Marvel. Oh, interesting. So that would be a really uh, pretty cool part. Really? Because Hulk, Hulk seems like a, just like an adjective, right? Or is it just because we I did think, it come from the Hulk? Did that word start originate with the Hulk? I thought hulking was a. Was it a, is, but I'm pretty sure that Marvel has trademarked the crap out of it. Yeah, to the but, point. It's, but sometimes it's hard to trademark, trademark like words that are just words people use, you know? You I couldn't think, trademark beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... <laughs> Andrew gets an idea. Yep. 
So that, well, that's yeah, very cool. But I'm so stoked for that. It's going to be really exciting. Very Did, cool. You didn't really, so you didn't really watch too much wrestling. I didn't grow growing. up loving wrestling. I was obviously very aware of Hulk Hogan. He's right in my age range wheelhouse. I was, yeah. you know, in middle school, uh, even a little bit of elementary school when a lot of that was going on. Um, so my friends were, you know, doing all the Hulk Hogan stuff. And I and I saw a few matches. Yeah. I think I, I watched WrestleMania one year at my friend's house. Yeah. But it wasn't something... I, I, it's weird, but I was I was that nerdy little kid who's like, that's oh, all fake. Why do I? Why should I even care? Like, I watch I watch basketball. That's a real sport. You yeah. Know? <laughs> no, man. I just remember watching him do some crazy stuff. There has to be some stuff with him and Randy Savage just doing some coke, like it's going out of style. Because <laughs> that's what the golden age of wrestling was. It right. was a coke fest. Yeah. And. Uh, I just remember watching so many crazy things like Jake the Snake actually having a King Cobra bite. Uh, 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 you think it Randy really Savage? happened? You think there was a real snake bite? Did you not see it? Oh, no, I have no idea. They uh, they devenomed the King Cobra, but it was actually biting Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow. You can watch it on YouTube. Like You can actually see his arm bleeding and stuff, and it's like the most crazy thing that ever happened. Wow. Yeah. They did some crazy stuff back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm totally stoked for it. Do you think Hulk Hogan is the most famous wrestler, or do you think it's John Cena or The Rock? I think it's The Rock now. The Rock is the I, official. I, I, yeah. I, I think now, those are the top three. I think if you were to do, I think if you were to do a a poll right now, yeah, of all age ranges, Dwayne Johnson is by far the most known. Yeah, okay. Um, I I would agree with that. Now, for the longest time, I thought nobody would top fame like Hulk Hogan. Did. Yeah, no. But uh, John Cena and uh, The Rock, easily The Rock. I would agree with you. Yeah, that I think the, rock the Rock is. I think it's The Rock. But those are the top three. Number three. Number three. Army Hammer will not replace Ben Affleck as Batman. Now, I'm pretty sure you don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, I, you there know, was a let rumor me know going, when we have an actual cast. Yeah, but I'm going to throw a twist at you. A hypothetical, if you will. Okay. You are given the choice to, to play Batman? I'm in. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> so, you're going to like this. And you're going to like this, too. You are given the choice to either star in an MCU film as a one-and-done villain. Mm. You don't have to train or anything like that to prepare for the role. The movie is a guaranteed success. Okay. It will go down as a top five MCU film. I'm loving this hypothetical already. Or you are given the opportunity to play Batman you will go through an insanely grueling training regiment <laughs> that will be absolute torture. And it's not a guarantee that the movie will be a success. But if it does, you will be one of the few to ever play a live-action Dark Knight. Mm. You're right. That is kind of the the, the choice that, that can face a lot of actors and that kind of thing. You know, you put all the weight on your shoulders. Yeah. And do all the hard work, or you know, you can just go steal some scenes. Yeah, you know, what uh, would you rather do? Um, I want to do the Marvel thing. Okay, but I, I still want to. I still want to do the insane training. <laughs> I just I you want to do the I insane wa- training for the success in a Marvel film. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I just I just want that Marvel bod. I want that Chris Pratt Marvel bod. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, well, what I'm saying is like you're a one and done villain, so you you could be uh, the brain. You know, like the uh-huh. what was it, Baron Zemo? You know. No, I understand you have no trust that I could get jacked, but I'm just saying I want to try. 
No, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't have trust. I'm just saying you don't have to. Right, right. No offense, Aaron, but if you went in with no training to play Batman right now, hit uh, you might turn it, some heads. It might be too late for me. <laughs> it might be my you're body young, may be falling young, apart at this point. You're younger than Brett or than Ben Affleck, aren't you? Oh no, no, no. He's like How old 50, do you think? He's fifty-ish. No, Ben, ben Affleck's Affleck? younger than me. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were like they started at like twenty or something, and I was already. You know, so, out of college by the time they did, you know, Goodwill Hunting. So, so let's take Gander here. I'm guessing Ben Affleck. He was is born th- in 1972. Oh, he is older than me. Yeah, he's three years older than me. 46. So there you go. You could wow. be Batman. You have three years to get in <laughs> Batman shape, Aaron. Very nice. That's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, let's get into some movie reviewing. Uh, we are going to review the latest How to Train Your Dragon movie, How to Train Your Dragon Three: The Hidden World. Where the Armada with enough cages for all of our dragons. This is a new kind of enemy. We need to find the hidden world. I will destroy everything you love. You're nothing without your dragon. If Grimmel succeeds, there won't be any dragons left. And it's up to us to put an end to it. So? What are you going to do about it? What began as an unlikely friendship between an adolescent Viking and a fearsome Night Fury dragon has become an epic adventure spanning their lives. Now chief and ruler of Burke along Astrid, Hiccup has created a gloriously chaotic dragon utopia. When the sudden appearance of a female Light Fury coincides with the darkest threat their village has ever faced, Hiccup and Toothless must leave the only home they've known and journey to a hidden world thought only to exist in myth uh new how to train your dragon movie uh it is the third in a trilogy now uh before we even say what we thought about this movie just quickly how to train your dragon one and two what are your general thoughts so i thought i saw the first two (laughs) but there are some big questions i had after watching this movie i'm like wait what happened maybe you missed the second one maybe i did maybe i did miss the second one was there ever one of those like in between movies like you know a 2.5 or something like that? if there was i didn't see it okay so but i knew who everybody was okay Uh, i mean except for the new characters sure 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 but um yeah i had a lot of questions i was never really into the Sorry, the whole How to Train Your Dragon yeah. thing. I know you love these oh, movies. Yeah. yeah, number, I think it's at number 24 in my best movies of all time. The first one is. Um, I I absolutely adore that movie. It hits me in all the right places uh, for all the right reasons. Um, I, I And when How to Train Your Dragon 2 came out, I was very, let's just say dragon blind. <laughs> um, I, I gave it an A+. I couldn't see anything oh, wrong okay. with it. Yeah. Uh, in time, I recognize some flaws in the second movie uh, after watching it a few more times. Um, and now I like the first one better than the second one. The second one isn't even in my top 100 of all time. Mine either. Um, but, I still, but I still love it. It's still an A movie for me, maybe A minus. Um, but the original is an A plus for me. And I, I love these characters. I love this world. I love what's going on here. Um, so, And I'll save some, some of the reasons i love those movies because they're the same reasons i enjoy parts of this movie so we'll talk about them a little bit more um but yes i think that's fair and i think that's what we need to say is i'm a fan like a huge fan of how to train your dragon stuff yeah uh you are an observer who liked the first movie 
Yeah. And doesn't remember the second movie, apparently. Well, apparently, yeah, because I had some th- things I was like, I don't remember well, that at all. We'll get into it, but did you, as far as the third movie goes, yeah. did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I liked it. I liked it. Mm. What about you? How much did you love? It? <laughs> yeah, this is pretty much the question with these movies. Yeah. I'm on the low side of loved it. I think it's the I think it's third of the three. They go in order for me. Okay. Um, one, two, three. And but again, I really did love it. So it's not just a really liked it. I actually loved it. Um, and so much of that has to do with my investment in these characters. Probably, I imagine so. Um, I think that's probably a huge part of it. Um, but there are also other things. So I'm going to start throwing out some of the things I love about this franchise and also love about this movie. Cool. I think it's one of the best scores ever written. I think the music in these movies is just spectacular. Uh, I threw on a movie music playlist uh, when I was actually working on the wall back here uh, that we have now in the studio for the video setup. Mm-hmm. And I threw on, you know, a movie playlist from and uh, it was just a bunch of different ones. And the How to Train Your Dragon theme came on and just like swelling up and just I, it's just it's such a beautiful theme. Um it's almost like that alone is going to mask any negatives in the movie because it's like even when even when a scene is maybe just a little too cheesy or a little too much, the mu- the music just goes, no, this is right, you know. Yeah. And so the music is always a big part of it for me. I also think there's just such great work with the main characters in this movie. I think Hiccup is one of the greatest protagonists uh, that I've seen in movies that I love. Um, I love his he's he's always humble and there's a humility to him that I think is very interesting. And even when he's leading now, as he is in this third movie, um, he is he has the strength to lead and at the same time to go, wait, am I doing this right? Is this the right way to go about this? You know, to look to others. You know, I just I'm really impressed with that character work that that he's doing um, in that cheap arrow shell that does the voice right mm-hmm. for Hiccup doing great work but so my wife and i and daughter just watched it last the first movie just yeah. last night actually and uh and we had seen it before jordan was seeing it for the first time but every time his voice comes on for the first time i always have to say that's the non-christian slater right <laughs> <laughs> this, sounds, this guy sounds exactly like christian slater but it's not actually him that's, i never would have put that together but discount once christian you, slater, right? but once you said it now i can't unhear it yeah <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, that's it's definitely very, very true. Uh, one, one of the most striking things about the first movie, and I know how much you love it, Aaron, but um, the, how much the visuals of the movie go perfectly with the music, the soundtrack that mm-hmm. you were talking about. Yeah. There's this one part where Toothless like is in this um, down downfall, like he's just like plummeting to earth. And then I think um hiccup like pulls a string or something like that and and his tail goes out mm-hmm. and then both of his wings just flap out like full spread yeah. for the first time and he like floats down to earth and like slows himself down and the music goes perfectly with it i was like i just turned to my wife at that point this movie is what the first one came out like nine years ago or something it's, like that it's a while yeah and, and I, I was like that that scene is so incredible in 2019 for me yeah. like I, I was just blown away by how much yeah. that holds up what did you like about it, Andrew? Maybe I need to go back and watch the first. I one think again. you do. I really do. It's it's spectacular. But go ahead. What did you think? Uh, Some good stuff, maybe. Going off, well, I have good things to say about the movie. I said I liked it. That's true. You liked it. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. You just automatically assumed I was going to hate this movie. Um, no, uh, a different type of theme than what you're t- not a musical theme, but a story theme. You yeah. Know? So there's uh, there's themes of letting go, mm-hmm. growing up. Um, you know, leading, being a leader and stuff. While I do think that some of those may be a little too 
much for a small child to understand. I do believe that they were used very well and that they actually spoke volumes. What's really interesting about this, I had a thought. The themes in this movie are the, and, and, I, and I liked this movie I'm about to reference. Liked it, not necessarily loved it. It has a lot uh, wrong with it. It is the better version of Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's the better version of the themes of what, you know, it means to go from codependency to understanding, you know, the letting go or, you know, if you love something, let it go, you know, kind of thing. Um, how love can be suffocating if we're not careful, you know, those kind of things. So I, I was really moved by it. I've always been moved by these movies, too, and how well they you know, the whole, you know, he's missing part of his tail and Hiccup's missing a leg and how that worked in the first movie. Was he always missing his leg? Well, that's part of the first, the story of the first movie. Okay. Yeah, this, and that's the beauty the, of the theme of the first movie. Because yeah. that was one of the things I'm like, wait, when did he lose his leg? So <laughs> I, I was. You do need to revisit these movies. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Because I was like, something happened well, in movie it, two. Spoilers for the first How to Train Your Dragon. Like we said, it's been a decade. So. But that moment at the end when his uh, like his false leg hooks into his apparatus to control the the wing, the tail wing of that, like I wept the first time I saw that. Just the beauty of these two beings that, you know, are, you know, uh, let's say perceived as less than because of their handicaps together are greater than yeah. you know and it's it's just it's just the beautiful thing between them and it's part of what again makes the themes in this movie even more powerful to me is how much they love each other and they mean to each other and yet it's time for something you know something new. something new so yeah. yeah it's definitely for me that that is very very meaningful and i don't know if we've mentioned visually this movie is gorgeous yeah wow and that's and it's again, good work, DreamWorks. Yeah, you're, you're you're knocking on Pixar's door as far as quality is with absolutely. your visuals. Absolutely, and that was the the again this thing I said about the first one too was it was the first DreamWorks movie that made me sit up and go, oh, okay, DreamWorks, if you you came to play finally, you know, because it's not like Shrek was a failure. It made tons of money for them, right? And people like that movie, but it's not but, a visual spectacle. But it's not a visual spectacle, and it's not all that meaningful i get that there's a theme in it i'm not saying there's not i'm just saying I fight back on that yeah i uh, fine let me i'll take it back <laughs> i'll take it back um but this was the one where i was like oh this hits me in a deeper deeper place and well yeah. done and yeah you're right they continue to do great visual work here too yeah. so that was another huge positive for me i want you to hit on this because you're obviously more invested in these characters than i sure. am and you're more knowledgeable at them mm -hmm. because you've spent a lot of time with them i thought that this movie was really funny i thought that the characters mm -hmm. and the chemistry between everybody from somebody like me watching the movie who has no idea who any of these people are really I thought that it was really you know, like that cast is just so perfectly voiced by everybody. It really is. It's great casting choices all the way down the line. You know, from Craig Ferguson to um, uh, why did it, Kristen Wiig? You know, to is that Jonah Hill? In, to, okay. Yeah, to I, Jonah I was like, Hill. Oh, and, has to be. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just right down the line. Gerard Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's really great voice casting going on here as well. I will say this leads me into my real one negative with the movie, and I think one th place this movie suffers, and the reason I don't love it, love it, love it as much as I do the first two, um, I think that it suffers from a part of sequelitis that I call it the Ice Age effect, 
every Ice Age movie added new characters. And every Ice Age movie after that has to include the first characters, the characters from the second movie, and then the new characters from the third movie, and then the new characters from the fourth movie. And you get to the fifth Ice Age movie, and it's like, why why are there 300 (laughs) characters in this movie? Yeah. I think this does suffer a little bit from the Ice Age effect. I think there is, they feel too much of a need to include every single character we've come to know from, um, from these movies. Now, thankfully, it's only the third movie. And thankfully, there aren't 300 of them, but there are still enough of them where I'm like, you know, maybe we find a way to cut this back. Maybe we don't need all of Hiccup's friends to be a part of everything. You know, maybe they can be a smaller part of the movie and we can really focus on Hiccup and Astrid. And You know what I mean? Like, it just it felt like it it was too tied into we've got to give every single character all their things. Now, that's weird to say in a year when the Avengers (laughs) is going to pull off that magic trick with 40 different characters who are all giving their thing to do. But I think the difference there is that the Avengers has been building up for for 20 films, whereas this one's built up through two. Right. Yeah. So we've had time to. Uh, acclimate, I guess you could say. Well, and, so and it's dealing with 40 characters that each have their own solo. Exactly. Well, not each of them, but you know what I mean? They have their own sure. movies where they have larger parts. Yeah. So, yeah, there is absolutely a difference. Um, but I just throw that out there as an example of how you can do it in a better way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that's the one place this movie suffers for me a little bit. I have more. Yeah, bring them on, man. What, the villain you, in this movie. You I didn't like? Some, uh, the villain in this movie is better at predicting his opponent's move than Baron Zemo was in Civil War. <laughs> like, the, what he's able to, like, try and trick Hiccup and Astrid with is like, really? You saw them doing that? There are so many, not only with the villain, but overall in this movie, there are some incredibly convenient and yet confusing plot moves in this movie Mm. that it really kept the movie from feeling like a fully flushed out sequel. Mm. Like I, maybe that has to do with me not loving this so much that I'm, I'm not saying that you can't withdraw from like to see those, but, uh, Oh no, that's uh, possible. We talk about that all the time on this show and on Sif pop in general. Like, the idea of movies being a subjective thing is part of our experience with film, right? Yeah. Um, I talk about it all the time with Pixar stuff. I'm I'm in the you know whatever you call it for Pixar. Um, I don't. Yeah. It's it's harder for me to see the flaws sometimes. So yeah. and I think that's natural. I think that's human. I think we're silly not to admit it. Maybe whenever we do the spoiler cast, I can throw out a few of them that just had me going. Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love to hear that because I'd love to have my eyes open to things I I might have missed. I don't want to the... ruin a movie you love. Though. No, I see, but I don't see it that way, right? Like the idea that you—I don't think you can ruin something by shedding more light on it. I think what you—that's not true at all. You don't think so? Oh, I've had movies that I've loved ruined for me because people have. They're not ruining the movies. They're opening your eyes to the movie's flaws. That's different, right? The movie—I mean, if you want to call it ruined, it was already ruined. You just didn't see it. But that's exactly my point, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it doesn't ruin the movie and it doesn't change my original experience. That's why I also get a little bit um, taken aback when people are like, oh, man, the fourth Indiana Jones ruined Indiana Jones movies for me. I'm like, no, those original movies are still what you fourth know, Indiana re- Jones. Movie? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to, you know, kind of have that that situation where you say something ruins another experience. I just I don't think it ruins the original experience. I think it gives you a broader perspective. No. Okay, so, fair enough. Anyways. You got one last thing? 
No, I mean, I think I've talked about all the things I really, really love about this. Um, I will say the um, the end of this movie was very moving to me. And uh, we'll talk about this later in our um, Sift Quest because it's directly mentioned. Um, but it feels like the ending of a trilogy. It doesn't feel oh, like yeah, this is there's no conclusion. sequel baiting here. There's yeah. no, you know, and I liked that. And we'll get more into that conversation here in a little bit. Um, but I did want to mention it was something I really enjoyed about the movie. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. My one last thing is I was surprised how much I cared more about the dragons as opposed yeah. to the actual people in this movie. Like, I I cared more about Toothless and the Light Fury mm-hmm. as opposed to Hiccup and Astrid. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a theme that really was pushed more in the first two movies as opposed to this one. Maybe you could shed some light no pun intended on that <laughs> as a is are the first two movies like more dragon focused as opposed to like the viking focus well one of the things i've always loved about this franchise and i do think it's here as well is it doesn't give short shrift to the dragon world building to the dragon culture it's weird and honestly when you start to think about it the dragons make no sense the fact that there are this many different species of dragons but there's only like one of each of them <laughs> you know what i mean like it's yeah. kind of weird in that way and that's not true down the line i'm just saying but I do love that it was one of the things I loved about the first movie was, you know, the kid that had the book full of the different kinds of dragons and the world building that goes on with that kind of idea. And I also loved how much Toothless is like a puppy dog, you know, and it's kind of like his pet. But at the same time, it's his friend. Yeah. And um, so that is through the movies. Yeah. But here it definitely uses it to, I think, its greatest degree. Um you know, the dragon courting, the dragon mating rituals in this movie or whatever. Hilarious. Are great. That's the best part of the whole movie. It's so great. And yeah, I, I I really did enjoy that about what was going on here. This movie really is like, if you have a pet or have ever had a pet, this movie really tries to encapsulate every single quirk you've ever seen yeah. in like a dog or a cat or something. Yeah, for sure. And try and implement that into these dragons to where it just makes you, you know love them and you can actually relate to them in that way because if they if they were like uh veritrax proximo from dragon slayer or the dragons <laughs> from uh what was the christian bale uh reign of fire yeah yeah if they were dragons like that you know you really wouldn't care about them but they've familiarized them in a way to where we can relate to them mm-hmm. and that's smart yeah they're smart. unlike any other dragon you've ever seen maybe besides like uh peter's dragon or something like that. no that's a great yeah. point yeah that's a that's a great point uh, overall, I think I recommend for both of us. I actually would recommend it, but definitely make sure you n- know the first two movies because I <laughs> was so confused. You gonna, are you going to ask more questions like in spoilers about things you were confused by or was it pretty much just the things you've mentioned? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if my question would be a spoiler for this movie or if it's something that happened in the prequels. Right. So, yeah, right. I guess I'll have to wait. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll chat more about that in the Sif spoil. How do you lose his leg? Huh? Because apparently he lost his leg in the first movies. Yeah, it was at the it was at the conclusion of the first movie, right? Yeah, there's. A, I guess we can spoil it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the end of the first film, um, they're in free fall from finding this massive, massive dragon at the very end. The, the oh, big, okay. The big I thought that was the second the movie. So yeah, yeah, I guess I never did see the second movie. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in free fall with um with toothless, and then toothless protects him from you know hitting the the ground at the at the end. Uh, and like hugs him basically in, in a embrace and then they hit the ground together and he's good. Like he survives it, but his, his, he lo- loses leg his is leg gone. in yeah. that fall. 
And that's how, and then it, that's pretty that brutal for a DreamWorks movie. But but it's beautiful, right? Like the like I said, the symbolism of you know now they are connected in this way, and yeah, I I, I found it really affecting. Yeah, it, it, like Aaron said, it, it is. Uh, it was balancing the relationship between the two of them physically. Like, cause it, um, he had uh, broken toothless's back wing, you know, on his tail t- towards the beginning of the movie. And then at the end it comes full circle. And then now he's the yeah. one that's, that's broken. So it's, okay. it's, it's very powerful. Um, I guess I do have one more thing. The other thing I will say is watch this in the best theater you can. I was really disappointed with the presentation uh, where I saw it. It was too dark. Uh, and there are some darker moments in this movie, and I couldn't even tell what was going on. Oh. Um, and uh, it made me at first I was sad that I wasn't going to be seeing it in 3D because the 3D is part of the reason. One of the things I love about these movies is they do 3D really well. Oh yeah, and so some they, of the flying stuff I was is about incredible. To say probably be real fun. Um, but I will say I was glad I didn't see it in 3D here because I can't imagine it being any dimmer than it was when I was watching it in not 3D. So. Um, make sure you see it in a bright theater if you can. I'm ex- I'm excited to get this one home on a TV where I can adjust my own brightness and and that kind of Do you stuff. Have a 3D because... TV? No, no, oh, okay. no, no, no. I don't mean the 3D. I just mean just to see some of the stuff I missed and some of the beauty because it's such a beautiful movie. The theater I saw it in, it was fine. Like Great. all the dark scenes and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think I think they had the bulbs turned down or something. It was. I was not pleased. Um, mm, that's so a shame. It is a shame. Um, yeah. But I Laser still love it. Laser screens all around. Oh, man. That would be the best. Yeah. That would be so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine how expensive that would be. True. Very, very true. All right. Let's move on to our best ever challenge, shall yeah. we? Yeah. All right. We're going to do best ever trilogies. Uh, so, obviously, lots of lots of um, famous trilogies. Yeah. So, I think... I. I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe you'll correct me on this, but I feel like there are four that are just like first ballot Hall of Famers <laughs> that everybody's going to mention. Yeah. One of them I didn't even have in my top five, um, but the other three I did. Uh, so I think this is going to be interesting to see. Let's start at number five and work our way to number one. You want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, this will tell you how much I love some of these trilogies. Yeah. I have Toy Story at number five. That's uh, my first honorable mention. It was number six. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, listen, I, there are few people in the world who love Pixar as much as I do, yeah. and these three movies are all spectacular and awesome. Uh, the only things that kind of kept it down... Um, can you rank them? It, um, yes, I can and I have, um, but it's it kind of shifts in my brain every time. But for, <laughs> na- for now, they're like How to Train Your Dragon, they're in order, but they're a lot closer. I have number one at number one just because it started the whole thing. Like, nobody had ever done a computer-generated yeah. movie before, uh, feature length. So I have number one at number one, and then number two, and then number three. Yeah. So I'm one, three, two. Yeah, and see, I go back and forth. Three mm. is so great. Yeah. There's some such emotional stuff in three, but then I remember <laughs> how great two is. So anyways, it's a it's a great trilogy. Um but I just it doesn't hold the same place in my heart as the four that are above it um, that I think the uh, one thing I looked at this and maybe I was wrong to do so is how well the trilogy informs each other And the Toy Story movies kind of do that. But they're really kind of their own movie. Each of them is their own movie. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of why it fell down the list for me a little bit. Maybe unlike How to Train Your Dragon and some other animated movies, the Toy Story movies have found this way where. They don't really have the exact... They have completely opposite themes for each movie to where they aren't really... They can stand on their own. 
granted there's always going to be something that informs the sequel from the previous film but i think you could pretty much watch any of those movies and have a really good understanding of what's going on without having seen the others yeah I totally agree. What's your number five? Uh, I'm going to go with the Dark Knight trilogy. That was in my honorable mentions. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Batman. (laughs) No, uh, like... And only uh, because the third one I don't feel like is that great. I get that. I definitely get that. But the first two are... And I do like the third one. Yeah. But the first two are so good. And obviously I would put... I think I the would, first one's. I think the first one's really good. I don't know I that love, the first one's even great. I love the first one. Okay, but obviously, The Dark Knight is like one of the greatest movies ever made. Sure. Um, I watched it the other day, and it just blew me away. Of like, I can't get over how good that movie is. And here's why: it's a Batman movie. <laughs> That's why it blows me away. Because before that, we had been. But so is Batman Forever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, we'd been inundated with Michael Keaton's Val Coomers and George Clooney's all before that. People forget what a kind of a joke Batman was. Oh, yeah. Like, all their lives. But until Christian Bale came along and made that character terrifying and awesome, did we really see the potential? Unless you read the comics me then you would be like oh so that's what batman can be yeah and that's what the joker can be you know i think the and also you have christopher nolan who is one of the greatest cinematic minds ever you know bringing this to life and something he's done in those movies that i don't think he gets enough credit for is he's put batman in a world that seems real Mm. if you look at like the um the Batman Beyonds or anything like that, you know, like that is so not ever plausible in our world, but there's actually some, I know granted it's really pushing the limit, but the Joker could be a real villain, you know? Yeah. And Scarecrow could be a real person, you know? The only one is... It just grounds it in a little more reality. Yeah, as opposed to, like, if you look at, like, Suicide Squad now, like, where the DC's going now, it's far more supernatural and Mm sci-fi. But there's an actual realism to Christopher Nolan's world. And I think that that helps with the whole, you know, immersing yourself in those movies. Well, and also because as as superhuman as Bruce Wayne is, he is human. You know, Batman doesn't have superpowers. No. Other, other than his intelligence and, you know, just a suspension of disbelief. <laughs> but yeah. it, there are no technical superpowers uh, to him. So, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Your number four? My number four is the Cornetto trilogy. It's in honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> is that how this is all going to go? Man, it's crazy. I, I think we're going to have the exact same just in our list. Um, Man, are these three movies good. Hot Fuzz is the funniest movie of all time. I Hot Fuzz is my favorite of, yeah. of the three. Yeah. But um, but I I love Shaun of the Dead. I love them I think all. it's phenomenal. I love them all. Um, so yeah, I I just when I look like front to back, you know, and just the quality of the movies, it's I mean it's hard to beat Cornetto trilogy. Those are yeah. all three, and it, they're in their comedies. Yeah. You know, comedy trilogy trilogies are a lot tougher to do. Well, they're anthologies too. Yeah. So you don't. I mean, have... think of the Hangover movies, right? I don't yeah. have the Hangovers movies in my my list. No, because they just comedies are hard to keep doing well yeah so yeah i I, i'm really impressed with what edgar wright did with those three movies 
I'd rank them Hopfa, Sean, and then World's End. But I love them all. I know. Yeah. It's so hard for me to hear you say that because I love World's End so much. I do too. And I think it's the most underrated of those three movies. I, in, but that's probably the correct order. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they're they're all amazing. So that's yeah. what I had at number four. What about you? Indiana Jones trilogy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is he the most iconic movie character of all time? Uh, it's like, certainly a case I- to be made. movie hero. I think there's a case to be made for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, By the way, I have that up a little higher in my list, but yeah. Oh, do you, oh well, then we'll save it. We'll save it, and then we'll both talk about okay. it then. Okay, yeah, we so, hadn't done Trump rules for a while, so. Yeah. Trump! We'll, all right, I trump it then. All right, your number three? Uh, my number three is the OG Star Wars trilogy. Trump. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Uh, I know you don't have this one on yours, so I'll just throw mine out. The Man with No Name trilogy. Yeah, no, I I knew you were going to bring it up, though. Mm -hmm. And this is your number three? It's my number three. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's crazy how much I love these movies. I I owe a lot of my, you know, passion for westerns and stuff to my mom because she raised Mm -hmm. me on all these old classics, these spaghetti westerns. And um, these are the perfect... If you want to get into westerns, then Sergio Leone is your perfect in to loving westerns. Mm-hmm. He did them perfectly. The Man with No Name trilogy, Once Upon a Time in the West, I could, I could go on with all of them. But the what Clint Eastwood does in all of these movies, it's the exact same character, but by different names, pretty much. And the way that Lee Van Cleef and all these others are just so different and obviously my favorite is the good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. it's my i what i consider the greatest movie ever made and the fact that all these guys yes they're clinish was called the good but he's really the lesser of three evils he's not a good guy mm-hmm. none of these guys are good but you root for them because they're in this world that is surrounded by the civil war and you see the horrors and the brutality of this war and it somehow makes what these guys are doing tolerable i guess to where you root for them just because you see the horrors going on around them sure yeah this is a world where perspective perspective is really pushing this movie Mm -hmm. and the whole premise of the movie is just so cool with three guys knowing one thing about a treasure that's buried and they can't kill each other because they need each other's information. Right. No, that's that just such a cool. It's such a cool idea for a movie. Yeah. And then uh, a few fistful of dollars and a few dollars more are great in their own as well. So, Very nice. What you got? Number two, we can talk about Indiana Jones now. That's what I had at number two. I'll let you go since you had a higher. Um, I like you said the character itself is amazing, um, incredible. And uh, the idea for me with this one that I can listen to people argue that any of the three is the best movie in the trilogy and still be like, okay, fine. I get I get what you like about Temple of Doom. I get I've what never you like heard about anybody argue Temple of Doom is the best. Really? Which I found out uh, a couple of years ago. Was that too loud? <laughs> Did you know Temple of Doom is a prequel? Yeah. That blew my mind. I had no idea until like a couple years ago. Yeah. Like my entire life changed. <laughs> well, temp- you know what's kind of cool about it is a prequel that doesn't like rely on its prequelness. You know, At all. We, we see prequels now and it's like they're they're dropping all these like clever fan service things. Yeah. And it's like it didn't really do that. It was just like, no, this movie just took place before the other one. Like the fact it 
took me until like my late 20s to realize that Temple of Doom was a prequel. Let you know how little they let you know that yeah. it was actually a prequel. Um, Somebody in the live chat says, are we just not counting the fourth one? And what this, fourth one? This is the... <laughs> you keep saying that, Aaron. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, uh, here's the thing with... Because the same true, could be true for Toy Story, which has a fourth movie coming out this. And of course, the Star Wars movies, too, have more than just the three. I think the Star Wars get their own because there's prequel trilogy, there's classic trilogy, well, and then and there's new trilogy. Well, and how I looked at it was it's one thing if the movies are coming, if, a, you know, Toy Story was the one I, I wondered about because they're coming out pretty consistently. But Indiana Jones was a trilogy. And then several years later, there was another one made. I, I know you, I, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's no, I, I wish I could live in the world that you do. Um, but, you know, for for me, for me, that was kind of how I looked at it. I don't mind calling this the Indiana Jones trilogy just because there's so much distance. There's but, an, know. there's another example, but I'm going to save it because it's further up on my list. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think Last Crusade is my favorite. Mine too. Res- yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Last Crusade, then uh, Raiders, and then Temple. Yeah, that's how I would rank them as yeah. well. Uh, it's just that third movie. The chemistry between Sean and Harrison is so crazily good. I did not think... Like, you think of those two machismo guys, and you you see Harrison Ford turn into a kid in that movie. Yeah. And that's a side of that character... <laughs> That to that point we'd never seen. He'd always been the alpha, the machismo, but in the face of his dad, he turns into the son again, yeah. and it's crazy. Uh, River Phoenix as young Indiana Jones, yep. in beginning of that movie. Yeah, it's a fun movie, man. It yeah. is just from front to back that movie. I just, I just love it. I just there's so much joy in watching that movie for me. So yeah, yeah. Indiana Jones, the reason why there will never be an Uncharted movie. Yeah, that's, a, that's you can't a make point. an Uncharted movie because they've already been made. Well, they made three it's, of them. It, what, it's what makes the you know any of the archaeologists kind of stuff difficult. I think Laura gets a pass, you know, just from that female. I mean, person. she gets a pass, sure, but people don't love those movies, and I think part of the reason is is because we've already seen this done, you know, amazing. Yeah. So yeah, no, totally. All right, what do you got at number two? Number two, I have Star Wars classic, and this is where we're going to talk about it. So you liked it more, so you start. (sighs) I mean, yes, Hulk Hogan was like my celebrity (laughs) childhood, but I think that between Star Wars and Jurassic Park, um, I would say that those were the movies that made me into the person I am today. Oh, interesting, yeah. Yeah. The fact that it shows you're a little younger than me because Jurassic Park, I was already out of high school. Yeah, I was uh 93. I was seven, so yeah, yeah, seven or eight somewhere. But you know, Grant, I, it was so you weren't of, born when Star Wars came out, it was just part of your childhood growing up, like with a lot of people, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so having those movies, you know, mold me, you know, and turn me into the nerd and stuff like that, you know, they defined me and they ignited my passion and love for movies and storytelling and stuff so i owe so much to star wars and how that trilogy you know it blinded me as a kid to how bad the prequels were you know Mm -hmm. because i just there you go there's that subjective movie blindness thing again yeah now i can look at them and be like but i'm sorry someone ruined the movies for you yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's how it is but um no (laughs) 
But yeah, those that space opera of, you know, and how groundbreaking it was for yeah. the time. I, granted, I wasn't ever there to appreciate it. I just imagine it's like what the Matrix was for me, you know, sure, seeing yeah. something like, oh, so that can be done It was done a totally in a movie. different form of storytelling. George yeah. Lucas did, 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 I mean, he took the the serials of, well, and I guess Spielberg was doing this with Indiana Jones as well. That's They're both kind Both of, of them, George Lucas and Spielberg mm-hmm. did Indiana Jones. Um, so. so, but I mean, Star Wars was there first where it's like, we're going to take this idea of, I mean, it's comic book storytelling in some way. The serialization of, you know, these serial magazines and go, you know, what would that look like on the screen? And to put it up there, this, you know, sci-fi space opera is just, I mean, it's incredible it ever got made. And, you know, and it just blew kids' minds, you know. And yeah. I was the one on the playground, you know, being Luke Skywalker and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And he, those movies came out even before I was really old. Enough. I mean, the first one came out when I was two. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's just carried on for so long and been such an amazing presence in, in my life. Is the lightsaber the coolest weapon in film history? Um, Coolest? I think there's an argument to be made for other cool weapons um but i think it is the most iconic i would definitely sure. say that it's the yeah. most iconic weapon ever ever in history so yeah um had you, do you see, have you seen there's actual lightsaber um in france now it's actually an official sport oh yeah that's I've amazing seen, i've seen the videos of like the uh like uh, i don't know what they're it's made a type out of fencing of. yeah it's a type of fencing and it is so cool they turn out the lights yeah and you battle with with lighted fencing yeah swords it's so cool it is it's really cool it's, i love yeah. it i think it's great um i'm wondering if we have the same number one there has it has to be right lord of the rings yeah yeah and, and this is what i was talking about earlier with you could technically say that you know there's two different trilogies in the middle earth story mm-hmm. yeah but lord of the rings is definitely a different story trilogy than the hobbit trilogy yes it yeah. is and much better <laughs> so much better <laughs> well you know what it is I've, I've said this before but i'm going to say it again because i think it's so true and it needs to be said as many times as possible with lord of the rings they took a ton of material and made the story and, and took stuff out so that they had the tightest best story they could have for those three movies right yeah the Hobbit trilogy, Did they the took a opposite. tiny little book <laughs> and stretched it into three movies. Well, I think half of The Hobbit, if I remember correctly, is like them singing. Yeah. It's a lot of singing it's in that just, book. What a mistake. That was that was one movie max. Maybe a short film. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. You could have made a good Hobbit movie from The Hobbit book, but you cannot make three movies out of The Hobbit. That was a cash grab, and it bit them, and, you know, I was really disappointed. So there's there's at least one thing I can think of that's in common between your top, like, the last two uh, tr- trilogies that you guys just talked about. For me, it's the scale of of just the massiveness of, like, this universe is so big. Like, and a lot of that's because of the varying races in, in both trilogies. There's a lot of different races of, of different, um, you know, biological people. Um, but, uh, and it's funny, I was actually just comparing, c- comparing the other night, uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy to Star Trek and how much, like, I love Star Trek so much. I'm actually going back and watching old seasons of shows nice. because of, because of the Lord of the Ringsness of Star Trek. Um, I love learning about all these different planets and races and, and there's always something new around the next corner because you have no idea what these this new race of species that they're going to meet can do and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, when I was a kid watching star star Wars, um, I grew up with the last two movies, but not the first one, but, um, going back and watching those when I was, especially as a teenager, I was just really impressed with like 
this world is endless. Like this galaxy that they all exist in, you can tell a million stories in it. And I was so captivated by yeah. just the mystery of that. Yeah, definitely. Do you watch the Orville? No, I need to get into it. I, if right you now, love Star Trek, you, you you need to check it out. It's a much to your dismay, probably the one the one the show that I'm watching right now is the Star Trek Enterprise show with Scott Bakula. Oh, okay. I, I actually really like it, but I can definitely see its flaws. It's got a lot of problems. But yeah. Well, do we have anything else to say about Lord of the Rings? Somebody uh, in the chat said it's the perfect trilogy, and I, I it's hard to argue against that. I, what Peter Jackson did with it is mind-blowing um i'm so glad that the third one even though the third one isn't my favorite necessarily although it's hard for me to see them not as one big movie it kind of feels like one it's, movie it's to one me. big movie um but i'm really glad the third one got all the oscar love and the awards and because is it the most oscar winning movie ever i think it was the most nominated i don't okay. know if it won the most i'd have to look it up yeah, but, but yeah. um two towers is my favorite um well, but just if, because all that cool, I mean, all that cool plot stuff and battle stuff is happening in Two Towers. Yeah. But all the movies have their moments. Um, I think I've seen the first one. I know, you know I've seen the first one in theaters more than any other movie. Have you ever watched them all? Like, the extended editions even? Watch them all in a row? It's like, an amazing, 10 hours? Yeah, it's an amazing 10-hour <laughs> experience. Yeah. And one thing I noticed when I did that, because one of the huge flaws people talk about in that third movie is the ending. It's just ending after ending after ending after ending, and if it lasts so long. All, but if you watch them all as a chunk, it does not feel as long. Yeah. Because the percentage <laughs> of the minute. And not eight and a half right? hours. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found that bad. I really do think it should be seen as one 10-hour movie. Yeah. Um, and the fact that somebody could make a 10-hour film and that we think it's awesome is kind of mind-blowing. I think the fact that he made all of them at once is why it works. Yeah. You know, if you're not taking a break in between each one... You know, just like, hey, I'm going to spend three years with this cast down in New Zealand, and we're going to make a movie. Yeah. It's going to be 10 hours long. I might chop them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Honorable mentions. Yeah. Let's talk about some honorable mentions. What do you got? Um, I think the first one is is one of the ones that most people would have expected would have been on our list is Godfather. Godfather trilogy, um, but that third movie is just it's really not, not great. No, it's not. So, But it's worth mentioning at least. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Modern Apes trilogy. Oh, okay. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I did not even think about that. Yes, that would have been in my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah. That's a great choice. It's it's crazy good. And then we also, we already mentioned Cornetto and Toy Story. Those were my other two. I mean, we haven't talked Back mentions. to the Future yet. I don't like the third one. At all? The Western? Yeah. No. I like the third. I like the third one. I think the third one's underrated. Um, it is my number six. Okay. It almost made my list, Back to the Future. Don't I, get me wrong, those first two, whoa, yeah. so good. Absolutely wonderful. And yeah. then the other one that I had my honorable mentions was the Before Trilogy. Um, before oh, Before Midnight. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them, but everybody says they are crazy no, good. No, you really should. I mean, Linklater's yeah. done some really cool stuff with those movies. So yeah. You put Linklater and Hawk in the same room, and they're going to come out with some good that's stuff. That's just how it works. Yep, that's, that's how just it how it works. works. Did, yeah. did either one of you mention Matrix? No, because the the I mean, the Matrix, sequels are bad. I really yeah. do see the Matrix as a movie. I like the Matrix movie, and then right. there are these other things that that happen from the same universe. But I cannot call it a trilogy, even because I I don't like seeing it that way. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I really didn't like the other two. I'll so. mention it just to mention the first one of how crazy that movie is. Like how crazy good that oh, Matrix. First, yeah. The first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, the first movie is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. For sure. 
but the other two are not. <laughs> no. <laughs> they are not in that discussion. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I didn't even have that in my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, but it's, it's yeah, I mean, I guess it's worth bringing up. Yeah. I'm sure. Bringing up just for the first movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we head on to the Sift Quest for this episode, thank you so much for your support. As a member of Sift Pop, uh, you can go to Sif, or you can go to patreon.com slash Sift Pop. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some awesome perks, um, including... Uh, the pre-show that we record every week in your own podcast feed. Uh, you can check that out. Also, there's a monthly video hangout uh, that we do where, we answer, where I answer questions that you might have uh, about what's going on at Sif Pop. Uh, that's coming up tomorrow night, actually. So um, hey. if you're a member, we will see you there. It's going to be live for the Oscars. It, it is going to be... I'm sorry, Monday. It's coming up Monday. You're right. I was thinking for whatever reason that tomorrow was Monday. Because who knows? Uh, so anyways. Come on, Aaron. Get your head in the game. <laughs> and by the time you're hearing this, it's probably in the past. So who knows? <laughs> uh, but yes, we uh, we hang out every month, and that's part of the membership perks as well. So if you want to check out everything, go to the uh, patreon.com slash siftpop. And uh, again, support starts three bucks a month. And thank you so much because you talk about the fun stuff that's happening here. You talk about the fact testing this you know, for video and maybe going to a video uh, live feed uh, here in the future. That is happening because people believe in this show, enjoy it, and say, you know what? I can give you three bucks a month. So if you would want to do that, thank you so much. Uh, it means the world to us. Again, it's patreon.com slash sift pop. Um, all right, on to the Sift Quest. This comes from Jen. Uh, this is via Twitter. Uh, says, can't wait to hear the review of How to Train Your Dragon 3. Well, you've heard it now, Jen. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations. Uh, my family saw it, really enjoyed it. My husband and I especially liked the ending. It just felt really real. My older son didn't like the finality of it. The story is over, he said. It reminded me of Andrew's response to the deaths in Glass. I explained that until recently, in his lifetime even, movies weren't always multiples. In fact, it used to be that movies only got a sequel if they were amazing. Possible Sift Quest, do you think that maybe the need for a multi-movie story arc is now keeping films from getting made? Yeah. Keep up the great work, and thank you. And thank you, Jen, for that question. It's a really good question. It's a great question. I think it's yeah. a great conversation to have. It really started me thinking about some stuff. Like, what were you... Like, kind of, what's your answer? I think... High-profile movies have definitely switched to a more saga-driven style of storytelling, but we've said on the show before, artists will find a way to get their movies made. I think the only difference now is we live in this world that's inundated with so much entertainment, whether it be video games, movies, television, that it really takes something to push itself to the top of the social consciousness and it has to be something like Endgame or, you know, Episode Nine coming out this year. So Yeah, Marvel has a ton to do with this, right? Yeah. So I do believe that the same amount of singular stories are getting made, but it's that sequels and expanded universe movies are always going to be the attention grabbers. Well, I'm just even thinking about, <laughs> like, last weekend two movies came out that were fairly popular, um, Happy Death Day to You. Uh, and um, Alita Battle Angel, right? Yeah. They both sequel bait at the end. You know, they both world build in a way that's like, hey, we can keep doing this thing because that's just what you do now. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't always been that way. And I think a lot of it is the world building that goes on. And the idea that when you build this beautiful world, people are going to want to keep revisiting it and going back to it. And that just happens 
to coincide with making more money, you know, yeah. which is always going to be a driver. You know, commerce is always going to be a driver of art. And so I think because of that, yeah, a new generation is grow- growing up thinking that movies are like TV shows. When's the next episode coming out, you know? And um, I think I do miss that idea that most movies were just a complete story. And I get that good. Like I said, I even got it here with How to Train Your Dragon 3. It felt good to me that it felt like a completion, that it felt like a conclusion. Um, I love watching a movie and being like, oh, that's the story. That's the whole story. I don't have to worry about, you know, what's coming next or those kind of things. And I, I do think that there's been a shift. And I I do find it fascinating. And I think because of that as well, we are being asked as movie lovers and moviegoers to hold on to a lot more information in our memory, too. And so it starts to dominate, you know, like our thoughts. And you can only you can only invest in so many properties that way. You know, challenge accepted. Well, you're the one over here going, I'm not even sure if I saw the second How to Train Your Dragon. You know what I mean? So there's that whole thing where it's like, well, yeah, because you're trying to keep. You know, all these other different properties, you know, in our brains. I think what it is, is people have realized that, or I guess I should say filmmakers have realized that you can really jog someone's ego by having them store knowledge. And like, if they can flaunt how much they know about, say, a multiverse or, you know, a sequel, you know, like... Mm-hmm. That makes them way more um Yeah, place to geek culture in a way. Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. So they can like the oh, well, well I know more about yeah, this. The so. well actually culture. Well actually. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that they've tapped into that and realizing that that's actually something that they can market. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know what else is interesting? This is my only other thought on this really, is that television shows are kind of meeting movies in the middle. Because, I was going to bring that because up. Because now you're seeing more TV shows just do an eight-episode story, yeah. you know? Like True Detective. And complete it or whatever. Yeah, and that kind of thing. So it's Or Black Mirror, you know, basically does a movie every episode yeah. you know, kind of idea. So it's interesting for me to see that maybe they're both finding this middle ground. And we've said it before, and I think it will continue to happen. I think the distinctions between what is, quote unquote, television and what is, quote unquote, a movie are going to continue to just kind of blur and disappear over time, especially as streaming becomes the main thing. Like, it's just you're either you're just going to talk about one off stories and serialized stories. And, you know, and those could be, you know, Marvel is a serialized story, even though they're movies, you know, (gasps) so. What if every single movie in 2019 is actually in the Cloverfield universe? <laughs> Whoa! What if we're all actually JJ, in the Cloverfield? JJ, you did it again. Um, what a great question, Jen. Did you that have any other thoughts really on good that? Que- no, it's a really good question. Uh, no, I, I love thinking about that. I think it makes a great point, and uh, we're glad to chat about that kind of stuff. If you have a SIF quest that you would like to send us on, hit us up via email, feedback at sifpop.com. Uh, or you can hit us up at Twitter at Aaron Dicer or at Sifpop. Um, just tag us there on Twitter, at us on Twitter, or my DMs are open as well. If it's a longer question like this one was, uh, you can just throw that uh, to me in a DM and we will get it on the show. Uh, but thank you, Jen, for doing that. Um, all right. I think that just leaves our buried treasure. Yeah. Um, I already hinted at mine, so I'll go first. Yeah. Um, because you might, we might as well just call it Netflix treasure at this point for yeah. me. I think this is seven weeks in a row. I don't even know what it is. Uh, I want to talk about Paddleton. 
Um, this is Mark Duplass's latest movie. Uh, okay. Stars him and Ray Romano. And it's just a story about a couple of friends and how they deal with the fact that one of them is going to die. Um, I've seen trailers for this, yeah. It is very emotional, very powerful. Um, I have I have read I had read nothing on it going in. This is another thing I love about ne- movies on Netflix. They don't do the promote like the marketing promotion that a lot of you know movies do. And so I, I like I have I didn't even know Paddleton was a thing until yesterday. And it came yeah. out yesterday. And I just happened to see a tweet from Mark Duplass who was like, hey, tell your friends this movie's out on Netflix. And I was like, oh, I like Mark Duplass. I like the stuff that he does. Yeah. Um, the Duplass brothers, actually. Um, I think the acting in this is wonderful. Um, I think the emotion is great. And it's just a simple story of two friends, you know, and how mortality has affected their life. Um, this is the kind of movie that I genuinely believe. I think people say this too much, but I genuinely believe it about this one. I don't think this movie exists without Netflix. I don't think this is the kind of movie that can get made if Netflix isn't like, hey, just come on board and here's, you know, we've got a deal for you. So thank you for calling Netflix your green list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it's worth a watch. Be aware. Um, I guess a trigger warning is what you would say. You know, there's definitely, it's dealing with death. And it's dealing with cancer in this case. And so there's, you know, definitely mature content involved in it. But um, but I really liked it. I really liked it. I think there's very interesting and powerful performances from both these guys. Like I said, I saw the trailer sword a while ago and it just kind of dropped off my radar. But now that you've mentioned it, it's kind of reignited my intrigue for it. So I'll definitely be checking it out. I have no idea. I mean... I do know why it's called Paddleton. I've seen the movie. I understand the reference. But I would really think they'd call it something else after Paddington and Paddington 2 have come out. I just When I saw it on Netflix, I was like, what? What is this new weird Paddington movie? You know, it's Paddleton. Yeah. Paddleton. So there you go. That's my buried treasure, my Netflix nice. treasure. What do you got? I'm going to go with a show called Titans. Oh. So you've seen Teen Titans, and mm-hmm. you know about Robin and mm-hmm. Raven. I love that movie, man. Yeah. Um, well, how about a live action version of those characters if Weiss and Benioff had made <laughs> a Game of Thrones level of violent, vulgar, horrifying adult version of those wow. characters? Uh-huh. So DC Universe, DC.com, they've started making their own shows. Like... Because they have a streaming service too. Yeah, they have their own streaming 2019, service. everybody's got a streaming service. Yeah, and... Let me say these shows are good. Yeah. They are really good. They have two shows out right now. One is Titans and the other is Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is really good. But you should watch Titans first. Um, There is extreme violence and gore. I'm not trying to sell you. This is more a warning. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, there is language. There is sex. There are, is drug use. Pretty much it is the story of Dick Grayson, who we know as the first Robin. Now he's Nightwing. And he has said, F Batman, pretty much. I'm going to go do my own thing. I don't yeah. like living by his rules anymore. He is. Is that ins- where that meme came from? Did it come from this? The F bet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what this is from. Okay. Yeah. Um, he is doing some violent things. Like there's a scene where he's chasing this child abuser and he 
breaks the guy's head through the window of a car and he just starts raking his face back and forth. <laughs> Good for, night. And it's DC making this show. So it's DC actually saying, hey, this is the kind of, you know, realism that we're wanting to show in our content. We want the DC to stand for disturbing content. Disturbing content, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, you know, the whole, you know about Raven from Teen Titans and yes. stuff. So pretty much it's Dick Grayson trying to save Raven from, you know, herself pretty much and you get to see all these cool references like they bring up batman and you see batman and stuff like that and you're like oh they're not gonna have batman in this show you know oh, oh okay batman's in the show okay well how about that um it's really cool by the way that's the most violent batman i've ever seen um but it's so cool more violent than lego batman it's crazy <laughs> um yeah i know but because he breaks things to pieces he man he does break things uh he, yeah, this one shreds things to pieces. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the shows are fascinating. They're very well done, very well acted. It's an intriguing storyline. It's just, I don't want people to think that just because it's a superhero thing that it's for all ages. This is definitely an adult show. Fair but point. But if you're okay with that, I don't know if Doom Patrol is as bad as Titans is. I think Doom Patrol might be a little bit more you know, more widespread. I think there's still some language, but I don't think from like a vulgarity or brutality mm -hmm. point it matches. But if you can look past all that stuff, stories are incredible. The stories are really good in it. Their stories are really good. And it makes you wonder why can't Warner Brothers, you know, with the DCEU make stories. If they can do, if DC on their own can do things this good, why can't Warner Brothers do it that good because it's still Akiva Goldsman. Mm -hmm. It's the same guy. Why can't he <laughs> make some good movies if he can make some good shows? Oh, the mysteries of the world. <sighs> the world may never know. Yeah. All right. Watch, uh, so is that going to wrap it up? I think we did it, man. Woo! We did it podcasting. <laughs> we casted pods both through audio and Visual. video. Look at us. All the pods being casted. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. Or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player to see all the shows. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again. Thanks, buddy. You can check him out at, at Flick Freaks on all the socials. Uh, you can check me out at Aaron Dicer. And don't forget to follow at Sif Pop on Twitter. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. And you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout. Also, your support going to be directly helping Sif Pop expand in 2019, including live video, uh, to some fun new areas. You can find out more at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment, rate, or leave a review at iTunes. We would definitely appreciate that. Uh, or you can email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so make sure you let them know about the show and that listening or watching is much easier than doing your first dragon mating dance. Uh, uh, spoiler chat for movies uh, this week should be up in your podcast feed next. And uh, who knows what we'll review next week, but we'll probably talk about some of the Oscar stuff. So we'll see you then. Yeah. Bye.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.